You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I am your host, Steph, and today I'm going to be talking about the 49ers defense and how they match up against the Cowboys offense in this Sunday's divisional round matchup. We're going to talk all about it. As you know, we always go in depth with it. But first, let's talk about some 49ers news, all right? Because as of yesterday, the 49ers director, player, 49ers director of player personnel, Rand Carthen, he was hired as the Tennessee Titans GM. So he will now be leaving the 49ers for that promotion out in Tennessee. And the 49ers, as a result, will be receiving two third-round picks, one in this upcoming 2023 draft and another next year, 2024. Um, so the 49ers seem to have uh, a good uh, you know, farm system going with these draft picks, seeing as how they're getting a lot of their you know, coaches and also uh, people who are part of the org um, getting swooped up. And in particular, you know, the um, – black, uh, you know, coaches or, uh, personnel, uh, leaders. So because of the NFL and, and they're, you know, trying to get teams to want to hire and develop, um, you know, black coaches and, uh, you know, personnel members, this is their way of incentivizing teams to do that. So the 49ers, I think, have been the biggest beneficiary of this uh, new rule or new, um, uh, you know, what the 49 uh, the NFL has done so far. So, yeah, it's it's working out for them. So the 49ers is going to have um, what seemed like it was not going to be a lot of draft picks in 2023, suddenly seem to have uh, quite a good amount. So, uh Congrats to Rand Carthen. And no, I don't think Trey Lance is trying to get traded to the Titans. So stop asking. Um, all right, let's look at the practice report for this matchup between the 49ers and Cowboys. All right. So for the 49ers that do not practice is Jimmy Garoppolo and Ambry Thomas. And of course, Trent Williams. But don't worry, Trent Williams is just a rest day for him. As always, Wednesdays are rest days for him. And a few players were limited for the 49ers. Samson Ebukam with an ankle, uh, Juwan Jennings with an ankle, who uh, Kyle Shanahan said those two players are day-to-day, and uh, Javon Kinlaw with his knee. But the 49ers have been managing Javon Kinlaw since he returned from his injury, so I would expect that him being limited is more so just uh, managing his knee and making sure he's not doing a little too much um, throughout the week. So I think all of these players are going to be available, at least limited players will be available um, come Sunday. And for the Cowboys, the only do not practice was their left tackle, Jason Peters. He exited the game uh, against the Bucks with an hip injury and he did not return. So it's important. We'll, we'll keep an eye on this throughout the week, but it's definitely important that he missed today's practice. And of course, we'll just have to keep an eye on that. Uh, Spelled his name wrong. It should be Jaron Curse, uh, their safety, dealing with a knee injury. He exited the game as well against the Bucks, although it seems like he might give it a go. He has an MCL sprain, um, which, if you guys remember, a couple of 49ers have had MCL sprains this season. 
and they've been out multiple weeks. But it sounds like Jaron Curse is going to play in this game on Sunday, even if he isn't 100%. So we'll see how that impacts him at all. But um, the, also limited is their defensive end, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, with a foot injury. So all in all, not too many injuries to report for either team. So that's always a good thing. You want to have both sides healthy for this matchup. Now let's look at how the Cowboys offense, how they've done this season. And uh, quick shout out to all you guys watching. Make sure you like this video if you haven't yet. Um, but look, let's look at the Cowboys offense because we know that they're, they're a very powerful offense, all right? Objectively, I think, you know, without being biased, we have to say that the numbers seem to show that they are a top 10 offense. So let's go through some of these numbers. And these numbers include, or these rankings include the playoffs as well. So their first in red zone scoring percentage um, with uh, 73% scoring percentage in the red zone. That's pretty crazy. They're third, third in average scoring margin uh, with plus 7.9. Fourth in points per game. They average 27.7 points per game. Fourth in touchdowns per game. Fourth in QB sack percentage. So they're protecting Dak pretty well this season. Um, and, you know, he missed six games this season. But even as a whole, this season, they've, they've protected their quarterback. So their quarterbacks are sacked the fourth least. Uh, fifth in third down conversion percentage. So they are good at converting on third downs. Eighth in yards per game. Ninth in first downs per game. Ninth in average rushing yards per game. Um, yeah, uh, 134.8. They have uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard. We'll talk more about those guys in a bit. They are 12th in giveaways per game. This is an important one because this is pretty high on the list, right? Uh, they do turn the ball over mostly by way of Dak Prescott throwing interceptions, uh, but they do make up for it. I mean, they're I didn't mark it here, but their turnover margin is actually uh, not that bad. So let me let me see. I put up the stat earlier, so I'm just trying to find my tweet. So despite uh, being third in the NFL in interceptions, oh, sorry, the Cowboys are 28th in interceptions thrown per game. And despite this, the Cowboys are second in turnover margin uh, and they are first in takeaways per game. So despite Dak throwing a lot of interceptions and, and despite them being 12th in giveaways per game, they are making up for it on defense and they're able to generate uh, takeaways as well. So something to keep an eye on in this game because that could play a role. There's got to be some uh, give there, I think. They are also 14th in passing yards per game, 18th in completion percentage, at 64%, 19th in average yards per rushing attempt. So they average 4.3 yards per rush attempt. They are 20th in average time of possession, 22nd in penalties per game. So another thing to keep an eye on for Sunday. And they are 28th, like I said, in interceptions thrown per game. Uh, so thanks for that, Dak. So, yeah, I mean, but all in all, they're pretty good offense to Statistically speaking, the good news is that, you know, as I was getting all of this information, going through all of these rankings, a lot of these in which they are in the top 10 
the 49ers offense is right there with them um, in, in all of, in most all of these categories. So that gives me some uh, good hope that, you know, the 49ers could keep up if in case this came, this game became a shootout. Um, but I don't know if it will. All right. I, I'm just saying it gives me some, some hope. All right. So let's look at the battle of the trenches as we always do. But before we go in depth of how everything looks here, uh, I will go into some uh, other slides to show you guys, you know, what it's looking like. First, I want to compare, you know, how the Cowboys offensive line did against the 49ers in last year's wild card round. Um, so let's look at it. So their left tackle, Tyron Smith, he had he allowed six pressures, four hurries, a quarterback hit, a sack. He also had two penalties in that game. Their left guard, Connor Williams, two pressures, one hurry, one sack allowed. He also had two penalties. Uh, their center, I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm just going to call him Tyler. He had one pressure, one sack allowed. Uh, their right guard, Zach Martin, allowed four pressures, two hurries, a quarterback hit, and a sack. And their right tackle, Lael Collins, three pressures, three hurries allowed. A couple of these guys are no longer with the Cowboys, though, so that's something of note. Their left guard, Connor Williams, and Lael Collins, no longer with the Cowboys. So whatever happened back then, last season, doesn't matter now for those two players. They won't be playing on Sunday. So uh, let's look at how the 49ers defensive line did against the Cowboys in last year's wild card round, all right? So Samson Ebukam, he had a pretty good game. He had four pressures, three hurries, a sack, a tackle, and a stop. Eric Armstead, he had three pressures, a hurry, a QB hit, a sack, two tackles, and a stop. DJ Jones, who, as we know, is no longer with the team, uh, missed that guy. He had three pressures, two hurries, one sack, and one stop. Nick Bosa, two pressures, one hurry, one sack, one tackle, and a stop. And a, a couple of other players I wanted to highlight here who are still with the 49ers, and that's kind of why I wanted to highlight them. Also because Charles Amenahue just had a crazy game against the Cowboys last season on 35 snaps. He had six pressures, three hurries, a quarterback hit, two sacks, two stops, a forced fumble. I think Charles Amenahue had the best game of any of the defensive linemen the last time that these two teams played. And like I said, luckily he's still on the team, so... As we know, Ebukam dealing with an, I think it's ankle injury, right? So maybe we see a little bit more of Omenahue in this game anyway. And he's play, it is his hometown team, the Cowboys are. So I think he's playing with a little extra juice when he plays against the Cowboys. So um, I, I would feel good about him having more snaps in this one and, and getting some more opportunities because... Like I said, I, I think he did a phenomenal job against them uh, last year. Like I said, DJ Jones no longer with the team, so we'll we'll miss that sack. I mean, Javon Kinlaw kind of, you know, he's he's good, but I think he's not, uh, he's leaving a little bit to be desired out there. Definitely not the same impact that we saw from DJ Jones, unfortunately. But you know what? Eric Armstead is in the interior as well. So I think if we need pressure up the middle, Eric Armstead is your guy. Also, of course, D'Amico Ryan loves to run some stunts. Uh, 
to get guys free through the middle. So that could be something we see in this game. And another guy I didn't mention is Jordan Willis. Uh, last season in the wild card round against the Cowboys, he played just 23 snaps. He had three pressures, two hurries, and a quarterback hit. So again, another player who part of the rotation, so we could see him out there. And that's what he did last time these two teams played. So uh, definitely some opportunities will come for those guys. So let's look at what the – Cowboys offensive line did last week against the Bucks because they did look pretty good. The Cowboys as a whole looked good, okay? I I okay. But it's the Bucks. I mean, how how much can we really how much stock can we put into that when it when it was the Bucks? Like, I mean, it, it just looked like the Bucks kind of gave up from the moment the game started anyway, but here's what they did last week. So let's just say this is their ceiling uh for the Cowboys offensive line. Jason Peters had uh he allowed just one pressure in one hurry and like I said earlier, he exited the game with an injury and he did not return. So there is a chance that he does not play on Sunday. Like I said, we'll keep an eye on it. He's only allowed one sack all season. He's been great for the Cowboys offensive line. So if he's not out there, I got to think that's uh kind of a big deal for that protection on that left side of the line. T- uh, their left guard, Tyler Smith, he had a clean sheet on Sunday against the Bucks. He was moved to left tackle after Jason Peters went out, though. So um, there was a little bit of movement on the offensive line once Peters exited. Um, and Tyler Smith has only allowed six sacks this seat. Well, I don't want to say only. He allowed six sacks and 13. He had 13 total penalties in the regular excuse me in the regular season so a player who gets uh flagged a lot Tyler Smith something to keep an eye on in this game like I said if Jason Peters doesn't play maybe they they move Tyler Smith to left tackle so uh another thing to keep an eye on but he did have a clean sheet against the Bucks then there's left guard Connor McGovern and you might be wondering why are there two left guards listed well Connor McGovern finished the game at left guard because Tyler Smith moved to left tackle after Jason Peters went out. So there was kind of a, a bit of a shift in, on their offensive line once Peters went out. So McGovern finishing the game, he didn't play the full game. He allowed one pressure in one hurry. Then there's their center who, again, can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not going to try. We're going to call him Tyler. Their center Tyler, he, had six, he allowed six pressures, three hurries, two quarterback hits and a sack. So this is the guy I want to talk about. And that's why his name is in blue because he against the bucks gave up a, a lot, you know, allowed those six pressures. That's, that's quite a lot Two quarterback hits in the sack. But is that just the Vita Vea effect? We know that Vita Vea defensive tackle for the bucks. He's a beast. He's ginormous. Um, so he has a huge presence on the bucks defensive line in the interior. And so, uh, I don't, I don't know what to think. Like, is this just a, a product of Vita Vea just being so good? Or is Tyler the type of center that the 49ers can kind of look to exploit? Well, he only allowed one sack all season. So I think that kind of tells you your answer. Maybe it was more so a product of uh, Vita Vea just being that good. But that's not to say that the 49ers won't or can't have opportunities against 
uh, the Cowboys center. So make, uh, make of that what you will. Their right guard, Zach Martin, he also had a clean sheet. He has not allowed a sack all season, so he's been great. He's been solid for them at right guard. And so Eric Armstead, he might see a lot of him, but Eric Armstead might see a lot of uh, the Cowboys center as well. So something of note, their right tackle, Tyron Smith, uh, he allowed one pressure, one hurry. He missed most of uh, the regular season. He was out with an injury. He just came back a few weeks ago in week 15. And, uh, you know, he's been solid for them as well. So Cowboys offensive line, for the most part, really good, really reliable. Uh, I know the last time that these two teams played, as I mentioned, they gave up five sacks uh, as a whole. So um, it wasn't the best performance, but there was two play. Two of those players are no longer with the Cowboys. So it seems like their offensive line may be improved this time. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz. And I want to talk about this guy because he seems to be one of Dak Prescott's um, favorite targets and he's reliable. He, he averages six targets, four catches per game this season, and he ranks 18th in receiving touchdowns per target. That's among all pass catchers. So he's, uh, you know, someone that they like to go to in the red zone as well. Uh, so last year against the 49ers in the wild card round, he caught all seven of his targets for 89 yards, no touchdowns that time. Uh, but you know, I think Schultz is one of those players who I think is going to have heavy involvement no matter what happens. Uh, so seven catches, 89 yards, I think is kind of on, on par with what we might see in this game as well. Last week against the bucks, he had eight targets, seven catches, 95 yards, but he also had two touchdowns. So again, a big red zone target for this Cowboys team, for Dak Prescott, someone he always looks to throw to. So Dalton Schultz, reliable. All right, someone that they like to get involved in this offense. But let's talk about the 49ers defense and how they're defending tight ends. Because this season, as I've been saying all year, the 49ers have done a great job defending against opposing tight ends allowing just an average of about 40 yards a game to tight ends. And I just wanted to go back and look at how the 49ers have done against some of the top tight ends this season. They haven't faced too many, but, you know, two tight ends who I would put in that conversation is Travis Kelsey, of course, and Darren Waller. And I would maybe say that Dalton Schultz is, uh, you know, maybe a tier below Darren Waller, you know, fringe, uh, tier two for tight ends. So just wanted to compare how do the 49ers do against these two players, Kelsey and Waller? Well, against Kelsey, they allowed six catches and 98 yards. Darren Waller had three catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, Kelsey, that's kind of like what you would expect from him. He's kind of uh, his own kind of player in his own tier Darren Waller I feel like this might be the kind of game we can see from Dalton Schultz maybe less yardage maybe not a touchdown it all just kind of depends how the game goes um, but just wanted to draw that comparison how the 49ers have done against other top tight ends now I wanted to talk about Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner I talked about them uh, last week and how they've been in coverage this season they've been uh, phenomenal I mean Dre Greenlaw among all linebackers in coverage, he's ranked fourth 
uh, in coverage grades by PFF. Fred Warner is ranked uh, 11th. So, and of course, we talked about the fact that Fred Warner 66.7 reception percentage allowed, and that's among the top for uh, among linebackers. So he's both of these guys are really good in coverage. And uh, what did they do against the Cowboys last season in the wild card round? Well, Warner allowed two of his targets to be caught, but he it was just for 21 yards. He also had two tackles, but he also had two missed tackles, which is a little uncharacteristic for Fred Warner. Um, But obviously the 49ers were able to survive those two missed tackles from Warner. Greenlaw, on the other hand, only allowed one catch on three targets, just six yards. He He played a great game, four tackles and two stops as well. Dre Greenlaw is just He's he's been that guy. He's been growing every single year. It seems like every single game he just gets better. So I'm excited to see how he does in this game. And Aziz, who um, he's not on the field on nickel downs, so just something to keep in mind. Or is it nickel downs or base downs? Now I'm forgetting. But uh, let me look that up because that's going to drive me nuts if I don't. Um, yeah, he's not on the field on nickel downs. So that's why he doesn't get as many snaps. But this is what he did uh, last year against the Cowboys. He allowed uh, six of his seven targets to be caught for 41 yards. So out of all of them, Aziz Alshayer, probably the least good in coverage from these guys. But that's no knock on Aziz. It's just that Warner and Greenlaw are just so good. And uh, he also had three tackles, one stop. He also had one pressure and one quarterback hit. So. All in all, uh, I think a good, pretty solid showing from the 49ers linebackers against the Cowboys last season. Let's see if they could do it again uh, this season, but I'm feeling pretty hopeful because they've they've been a solid group this year. Let's talk about um, these Cowboys receivers, starting with CeeDee Lamb, because he's the, the biggest threat um, as far as this Cowboys offense goes uh, with their receivers. So CeeDee Lamb ranks sixth in receiving yards, this season, he had over 1,000, in fact, 1,427 receiving yards. He was also sixth in receiving touchdowns, um, and that is among all pass catchers. Um, and he's averaged nine targets, six catches, and 79 yards per game this season. That's about what he's doing. And last season against uh, the 49ers in that wild card round game, he was targeted four times, only limited to one catch. 21 yards. So it was an absolute great effort from the 49ers defense. The last time that these, these two teams met in the playoffs, I'm hoping for another type of showing like that. And keep in mind that game, it was Ambry Thomas at corner, Emmanuel Mosley and Jimmy Ward. Those were all the players that were targeted against CD lamb in that game against the Cowboys in last year's wild card round. And he only had one catch for 21 yards. So that tells you a lot. And in this case, I feel like the 49ers secondary is so much better than it was last season. So if they were able to do that, I'm feeling pretty good about what they can possibly do uh, this time. Although, you know, uh, assuming or thinking that he's going to be limited to just one catch again is probably just wishful thinking. I don't know if that's going to happen twice, But I do think that the 49ers secondary can at least limit his um, 
his production in and his effect on this offense in this game because of the better secondary that they have. Last week against Tampa Bay, uh, C.D. Lamb was targeted six times. He had four catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And again, so this kind of goes uh, along with his season average of what he's averaging per game uh, as far as like yardage goes and all that. So, you know, he's not he's not putting up the craziest numbers every single week, but he's reliable for Dak. He's, he's someone that he looks to. So definitely is going to be important to uh, keep him at bay. Charverius Ward definitely want to see a better game from him. We'll talk more about Charverius and Lenore in a bit. Let's talk about wide receiver two on this Cowboys offense. That's Michael Gallup. Um, wait one second. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, some editing mistakes on this slide. So, Forgive me for that. Uh, actually, the top part is all of C.D. Lamb. So in 2022, Michael Gallup did not play against San Francisco. Last week against Tampa Bay, he had he caught all five of his targets, 46 yards, and a touchdown. You remember last season, the Cowboys had Amari Cooper as well, a very talented receiver. So I would say their wide receiver group as a whole may have downgraded a little bit because they don't they no longer have Cooper. Um, and now it's just CeeDee Lamb and Gallup, although those two receivers are very good as well. But let's talk about Mooney Ward and D'Amador Lenore because these are going to be the guys who are going to have to cover uh, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. So how do we think we, that they do in this game? Well, Tarverius Ward last week against Seattle, probably his second worst game uh, besides the game against the Chiefs, which as we know, he was coming off an injury on that one. Not sure what happened against Seattle. I think it's more of a an, an anomaly. I think it it was the fact that you know these those teams had faced each other a third time, and Metcalf you know maybe saw some things that he could exploit. He definitely wanted some revenge on Mooney Ward after that Week 15 game. So I don't know. I'm just chalking it up as that. But Charvarius Ward in that game last week, he was targeted eight times, allowed six catches, 98 yards. And a touchdown. He had the second highest yardage total allowed this season. Uh, again, behind week seven against Kansas City when he, I believe he allowed 105 yards that time. And uh, also the highest passer rating he's allowed this season, 155.2. So not Mooney's greatest moment. All right. But maybe it's a good thing that he got that out of the way in the first playoff game and now I think he's going to come back with uh, a little bit extra juice because he's got to show everyone you know that's not me and he's going to come back with a lot of confidence I think uh, but, but Diamador Lenore is the guy who had the confidence against Seattle I don't know what happened but I want to see more of this Lenore uh, last week against Seattle he was targeted four times um, he allowed two catches 16 yards, and he also had an interception. So pretty short or small yardage total for Lenore. We love that. Second lowest passer rating allowed this season, only 20.8 in his coverage. So Lenore, I mean, this this was great. And look, I, I knew he could do it. I've, I've been questioning him a little bit. I've been wondering, could he step it up? I hope he can. He's done. He had done it in the regular season. He had a few games where he had some really good stretches 
Um, and so I knew it was there. He was capable of it. It was just more so, okay, was he going to be able to put it all together? And it seemed like he did against Seattle. Now, it, every week in the playoffs is going to be a new test, right? So like I said, he's going to get some C.D. Lamb. He's going to get some Michael Gallup, and and that'll be its own test. But I think this is encouraging uh, to know what he did against Seattle to also very good receivers in Metcalf and Lockett. And uh, th- this is a confidence builder. And when you're playing corner, confidence is a really big thing. So Lenore going into this game, I think he's going to have a lot of confidence and hopefully it translates to similar play um, this week against the Cowboys because 49ers need it. Let's talk about another corner, uh, 49ers nickel corner slash safety, uh, Jimmy Ward. Last week against Seattle, I thought he had a great game, okay? But I also have to point out the fact that he had a really costly personal foul penalty. The word costly, you know, maybe it's a a little strong word because the 49ers ended up winning anyway. But at the time in that drive, that was huge. So don't do that again, Jimmy. But he he only allowed one catch on one target just four, four yards. That was the lowest yardage allowed this season by Jimmy Ward. So he played a great game besides that penalty. And I think he learned his lesson. Uh, so hopefully we don't see any foolishness like that again in the playoffs from any of our uh, defensive players. And in the wild card game last season against Dallas, remember he was playing safety at that point. So this is, these are his numbers as a safety uh, last year against Dallas. He was targeted once, didn't allow any catches, so obviously zero yards. He had three tackles, one stop, two pressures, a quarterback hit, and a hurry. So again, you're not going to see these same numbers because he's playing a completely different role as the nickel corner now. But, you know, he played good against Dallas last season, and so I think he's going to bring it. This guy, one of those dependable veterans on this defense that, I think turns it up in the playoffs. He he knows what time it is. So um not worried about Jimmy Ward at all. Let's look at these uh safeties though. Tashawn Gibson and Telenohu Funga, because they've been great this year. And if you look at PFF's uh coverage rankings among safeties, Tashawn Gibson, Telenohu Funga, both in the top 15. Um, at least if you're looking at reception percentage and what they're allowing. So Deshaun Gibson, seventh best in reception percentage allowed, only 58.1. Hufunga, 63.8 percentage reception in his coverage. So these guys are doing um, great together. And keep in mind, Deshaun Gibson, he wasn't in San Francisco last season. He was signed early around, uh, I think it was like, uh, preseason time, I believe. And so he obviously didn't play against the Cowboys last season as a member of the 49ers. Hufunga, he was with the 49ers, but he did not start against Dallas because the safeties were Tart and Jimmy Ward at the time. So no Hufunga in that game. So we don't really have anything to compare from last season uh, for these two players. But we do know that they're playing good football right now. Uh, last week against Seattle, Gibson. He allowed one catch in his coverage, just 11 yards, though. Two tackles. He had one stop, Hufunga. One catch allowed as well, 10 yards, four tackles, one pressure, one hurry. Uh, these guys somewhat play different roles as well. You know, Hufunga, 
he he plays low quite a lot. Um, you know, you'll see him around the box a lot, and uh, he does get involvement in the pressures as we see. Sometimes he gets thrown in there as a blitzer. Uh, so, so sort of different roles to uh, Sean Gibson normally on the back end. Um, so, but I think they're they're a great tandem together. And Hufunga, another guy I've been questioning lately, you know, uh, after giving up so many touchdowns in, in the last few weeks of the season. But I think him getting called out uh, kind of helped. So I, I thought he played solid against Seattle. Obviously, no, he didn't have any turnovers or anything like that, but we just need him to play sound football, right, and and not try to do too much. So as long as he does that, I think the 49ers will be better off on the back end, um, and the secondary should be should be good to go for this matchup. Feel good about it. Let's talk about um, the Cowboys running backs, all right, because they have two of them who play a pretty big role. The first one is Ezekiel Elliott. And last season in the wild card game against the 49ers, he had 12 carries, 31 yards. Not good. 2.6 yards per carry against the Niners. But that's no surprise, right? Because the 49ers defend against the run really well. And I don't see that changing for Zeke this season or, you know, in this game on Sunday. This season, he's allowed just 3.7 or he's averaged just 3.7 yards per carry. Um, So that is lower than last season uh wait wait, wait. I, sometimes I, I see my notes and I'm like wait is that right uh so I don't know if that's uh it says it was 2.6 last season but I think that's a typo on my part I think it was 4.6 last season so my bad for the typo uh so this season his yards per carry average is lower than it was last season the last two games of this season Zeke you see what he's done it He's not getting as many carries. I mean, in week 18 against Washington, who, by the way, as we know, good, pretty solid defense, especially their, their defensive line. Um, eight carries, 10 yards. That's terrible. That's uh, 1.3 yards per carry average uh, for Zeke in that game. So think about that. That's like a, a defensive line that I think is similar to the 49ers and how they defend against the run. So that's why I wanted to point that out. Last week against Tampa Bay, who again, pretty solid defensive line, despite them as a whole not being a very good team, uh, 13 carries, 27 yards, 2.1 yards per carry average. So again, this is this is kind of, I think, what we could expect from Zeke um, in this game. And the only thing I would be concerned of if I'm the 49ers is Tony Pollard because Pollard is the more efficient running back. And it seems like the Cowboys are starting to shift a little bit this season and towards the end of this season as well, where they recognize that he's the more effective running back. And so they're starting to use him a little bit more last season in the, sorry, missed typo again, not divisional game in the wild card game against San Francisco. He had four carries, 14 yards, um, so again, the 49ers actually did a good job defending against Tony Pollard in that game. Um, but again, he only had four carries. So at that time it was, a a 3.5 average and he had two catches for 12 yards. He's averaged just five point, sorry, not just 
Average 5.2 yards per carry this season. So, again, he's a more effective running back. What I wanted to point out, though, is some of these numbers from the last few weeks. Because, again, I think looking at – if you look at what he did against Tampa Bay, he had 15 carries, 77 yards, 5.1 yards per carry average. That's really good. Um, So – the Cowboys might be looking at that and say, let's run Tony Pollard a little bit more against San Francisco. He's deserved it. But you got to keep in mind, 49ers defense, they are not allowing much on the ground. I feel like that will continue in this game. It'll be key for that to continue in this game. Uh, So what Tony Pollard did against Washington, who I said, like I said, is a, a really good run defense team. And also they're in the same division, so they know each other really well. So that's a defensive advantage always. He had seven carries, 19 yards, 2.7 average yard per carry. Then against the Eagles, another divisional opponent, uh, so they know each other really well. Defensive advantage, nine carries, 19 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. So maybe we can expect something like this against the 49ers, right? The, the two point something uh, yards per carry. That's what I hope. That's what the 49ers need. If they want to stop the Cowboys offense, it's going to start with stopping Zeke and Tony Pollard. Zeke, I'm not worried about Tony Pollard. He's a little more um, effective. Now I don't, I don't agree with Skip Bayless saying that he would take him over Christian McCaffrey. I think that's uh, ridiculous, but (laughs) But Tony Pollard is good, so uh, definitely someone to look out for. Now, finally, let's talk about the Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. Let's look at how he did in 2021 versus 2022. So in 2021, he had 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and I believe he played the full season, so that's also something to keep in mind. He missed six games uh, this season for the Cowboys. Also in 2021, he... His completion percentage was 66, 68.8, sorry. So a little bit higher last year than it was or than it is this year. This season, he's 66.2 completion percentage. And the biggest difference is the touchdown interception ratio this season is insane. He's thrown 23 touchdowns, but he's also thrown 15 interceptions. So the ratio is not good for Dak Prescott this season, something that I think the 49ers can take advantage of. And if you look at the difference between these two charts, um, and, and for the audio listeners, we're looking at the next-gen stats uh, passer rating uh, chart on the field for Dak Prescott. The middle of the field this season seems to be an area that he's not that good in for some whatever reason this year. So not sure what that's about, but that's one big difference uh, between last year and this season for Dak Prescott, in addition to the interceptions. So something to keep in mind. Now, what he did against the 49ers in last year's wild card round, he was 23 of 43, threw it 43 times. It's crazy. But again, I think it all has to do with the fact that the Cowboys were not able to run the ball at all. So Dak Prescott, had to pass the ball 43 attempts, 254 yards. He had a touchdown and one interception. To me, I think this is the key for the game again. Get Dak throwing the football. And again, you have to stop the run first to do that. If But if Dak throws the football, I think, it, and with him throwing so many interceptions this season, 
it's only a matter of time before you get an interception if he throws the football more. So I I like uh, the possibility of him throwing more in this game, even despite what we know about the secondary and how we've felt about it recently that, oh, like they're allowing too much yardage. Uh, this secondary is a liability. It, it's not all, It's not just that. It's just the fact that teams can't run the ball, so they have to throw it. And so, yeah, they're, they are going to get more yards through the air. It's not so much an indictment on the 49ers secondary. But I think in this game with Dak Prescott, if you get him to throw more, he's more susceptible to making mistakes and throwing an interception. So I kind of like that game plan. Like I said, this season he's tied for first in interceptions. I think the only – uh, other quarterback who has the same amount of interceptions as him was Davis Mills, Texans quarterback. And keep in mind, Dak Prescott missed six games. So to lead the league in interceptions and you miss six games, that's crazy. But he also has a 67% completion percentage, a little lower than what we faced last week with Geno Smith. Geno Smith, of course, had the top completion percentage this season at 70%. Um, Dak, 67%, ranks him ninth among all quarterbacks this season. Uh, his time to throw this season is 2.72. And just as a reference, last year against San Francisco, his time to throw was 2.95. So he seems like he's getting the ball out quicker. And it seems like maybe that's why his offensive line, they've had pretty good stats this season. Um because maybe it's because he's getting the ball out quicker. So that could be something in this game. I mean, I, I expect the Cowboys to try to get in rhythm, try to get the ball out quickly. They'll definitely look at what, you know, the Seahawks and Geno Smith had success with um, last week, at least like throwing the football and uh, see what they can do with that. But I mean, Geno Smith last and the Seahawks were kind of uh, forced to dink and dunk their way down the field. And it worked for them. It did. Uh, until it didn't, right? So we'll we'll see how it turns out ag- against the Cowboys this time. But I think there's some opportunity to for us to see a similar uh, game from the Cowboys and game plan from them. One thing that uh, Jerry Jones mentioned earlier is that you know he was talking about the fact that Dak, you know, it's mobile. He's mobile. Something that the the 49ers can struggle with on defense. So let's look at Dak's. Um, numbers as a as a rusher or when he's like scrambling and all that okay well hold on let me all right yeah this is a better view he has a uh, two touchdowns uh as a as a rusher and so you see 33 attempts on the season maybe like since week 14 it seems like he has an average of three or four uh rushing attempts per game either planned or unplanned right sometimes it's just by scrambling um, and if you look at the yardage, I mean, maybe averaging around 20, I'm not good at math, but it, it kind of looks like he averages around 20 yards rushing a game. So it's definitely a factor and something to keep an eye on. Right. But I much rather the 49ers focus on, you know, covering on the back end. I don't think Dak is the type of quarterback that you need to have a spy for him. Um, and this 49ers defense is so quick and everyone's so fast to the ball um, and the play that if he goes running, 
I think our guys are going to be able to, you know, get to Dak pretty quickly to get that tackle. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. It's something to, you know, keep an eye on in this game for sure. But I don't think it's going to be something that the 49ers will be like exposed on or anything. He's not just in fields out there. So um, he has, like I said, the two touchdowns uh, on the ground. But look at this four fumbles as well as a rusher. As a rusher alone, he has four fumbles. So if he does go running, try to peanut punch that ball out. I mean, that's what Dre Greenlaw does a lot, right? So maybe that's something to to keep an eye on in this game as well if he takes off running try to get the ball loose. So keys to the game for this 49ers defense. First, stop the run. Stop Zeke and Pollard. And the reason I didn't say stop the run is because Pollard specifically does a little bit more than just run, right? Like he has some involvement in the passing game as well, check down options, screen game, things like that. So make sure you stop those players first in those plays. Make Dak uncomfortable. And so when he's in the pocket, make him uncomfortable. That was something the 49ers did successfully um, in last year's wild card round game against the Cowboys. And so I think they'll they'll need to try to get that again. And And whether that means, you know, pressuring him or whether that means have everyone covered, you know, just cover really well on the back end that he doesn't have anyone to throw to. I think that makes him uncomfortable as well. So whatever it takes to make him uncomfortable, do it. Also limit explosives. I mean, there's kind of been a thing for the 49ers these last few weeks. Don't, don't give them an early lead. Don't give them a, a big play. Try to limit those as much as possible. And if you stop Zeke and Pollard, and they have no run game, and you make Dak throw the football, and he's uncomfortable, all of these things, I think, will lead to mistakes, and it'll lead to turnovers. So if they do, you know, the first two or three, I think turnovers will come uh, naturally. So they got to do the first two, or at least the first one first, and then I think it'll it'll be a snowball effect from there. But uh, this is what I think you know, the 49ers defense uh, is up against, but I I feel pretty good about the defense being able to have a good game against the Cowboys just because of how they match up against them, how they were able to play against them last season, again, with a lesser secondary, things like that. So I feel good about the game overall, but of course, like I said, 49ers defense has to do these things, and if they don't, it will be more difficult for them, but I have faith. Bryant here says, Steph, will you be going to the game this weekend? I will be there. So I have a pretty good record when I go to games. So I think uh, hopefully I'm a good luck charm and and hopefully uh, the 49ers pull out the win or I'll be be very upset. Uh, What's going on, Kels? Appreciate you coming on. But look, guys, if you guys don't have any other questions, I'm going to leave it at that. I mean, I think that was a pretty good breakdown. Again, I feel pretty good about this game. So make sure you guys like this video if you have not yet. Make sure you subscribe if you have not yet. Appreciate it. If you are an audio listener, make sure you rate um, this show. Leave a little review for me if you want. Roast me if you want. I don't don't care, but uh, just, uh, you know. I like to see those ratings. So appreciate all the love, guys. Thank you for spending your Wednesday afternoon with me. Tomorrow I'll be back with another show, and Friday will be my 49ers offense preview. So make sure you tune into that as well. Have a good one, guys. Peace.